Marxist mania is sweeping America. Hello everybody, it's me, Daniel D with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. And this is a reading of a post that I did back in April, um, April 25th, 2023, uh, entitled Marxist mania is sweeping America. Are Nazis really hiding behind every corner or are crazy communists just suffering from mass psychogenic illness? And so here we go. When all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And when all you have is a hammer and sickle, everyone who disagrees with you looks like a Nazi. Presently, everyone in the Democratic Party is seeing literal Nazis everywhere. Or so they say. Does that mean that there are more Nazis now than there used to be? Or are there just a whole lot more Marxists? Nazis hiding around every corner? Suppose you're a supervisor at a textile factory in 1962, and one of the female line workers starts complaining about being sick after she was bitten by June bugs. Ah, the June bugs are attacking. And then another worker complains about the same thing, and then another, and another, and another, and another, until over 60 of your workers, almost all of them young women, geez, uh, seems to be a pattern there. Anyway, uh, over 60 of your workers, almost all of them young women, are feeling numb, nauseated, and dizzy. Suddenly, June bugs are everywhere, it seems, biting and infecting all the workers. What's to be done? Is your factory being attacked by a deadly pestilence? Do you need to shut everything down, throw out all the fabric, and fumigate the entire place just to be sure that you killed all the bugs? Well, it turns out none of that would have helped because it was all in the women's heads. All of it. There were no June bugs. There never had been. Such is the effect of mass psychogenic illness. This kind of thing happens somewhere in the world every few years. A bunch of people, typically young females, hmm, seems to be a pattern, uh, suddenly start behaving inexplicably or showing strange symptoms. Jeez, I seem to recall now that there's a transgenderism is on the rise, particularly among uh, young adolescent girls. Uh, anyway, I'm sure there's something there. Uh, but anyway, all right, back to the thing. Doctors are summoned to examine the patients. So, you know, a bunch of young females typically start having uh, these strange symptoms that just nobody can explain. They're baffling the doctors. The doctors come in. Inspectors are called in to search for signs of environmental toxins. Expensive tests are run. And one after the other, possible causes are ruled out until all that's left is the possibility that, surprise, surprise, it's all in the patient's own mind. Oh, sure, these patients are really feeling symptoms. They're not faking that. To them, it's deadly serious. But if you give them the standard treatments for the illnesses they imagine they have, you won't really help them because they don't actually have the illness. You know, unless there's a placebo effect that's involved. But there's no illness. There's no underlying condition. It's all in their heads. And yet, it spreads virally. That's what happened at a high school in Leroy, New York in 2011 when a female cheerleader, huh, a female cheerleader woke up from a nap and had a strange tick. Eventually, that tick spread to 18 of her fellow classmates and one of their mothers. Apparently, mass psychogenic illnesses can even spread virtually. During the COVID-19 scandemic, doctors and mental health workers in the UK observed an alarming increase in the incidence of childhood ticks, mostly among young teenage girls. Uh, these cases were all spread through social media interactions online. A Marxist madness. Today, could there be another mass psychogenic illness at play? with groups of hysterical young women primarily, and some feminized males at the middle of it. Could all these sudden sightings of the Nazi, dun-dun-dun, a boogeyman, a creature that was vanishingly rare in America prior to Trump's 2016 campaign, 
be just like all those sightings of June bugs at that southern textile mill back in 1962. Remember, 1962, you know, when workers are, I'm sick, I got bitten by June bugs, and then another and another and another until they're all convinced they're getting eaten alive by these June bugs and sick and they need to do something. Well, it turns out there were no June bugs. It was all in their heads. Similarly, 2016, a bunch of uh, young women and feminized young men started saying, oh, there's Nazis. Nazis everywhere. Nazis hiding in my cupboard. You know, I go into the, open the closet to get a pair of uh, slacks to put on and uh, the Nazi just, you know, they're hiding underneath you know, the stuff in my closet. Oh my goodness. You know, I go to the garage, you know, open my car door and a Nazi's already in the driver's seat. There are Nazis everywhere, right? Are there really Nazis everywhere? Or is this just all in their heads? You know, sure, there are a few literal Nazis out there. Stupid, shitty people who believe stupid, shitty things and who are universally condemned by all the stupid, shitty politicians on both sides of the stupid, shitty aisle. Unless, unless... They belong to the Nazi Azov Battalion in the Ukraine. In that case, now see, Nazis in America, bad, evil. A threat to our democracy, right? So we need uh, to act like Nazis, or at least the left does, you know, have the president give a big speech with the Marines on each side, you know, dark, you know, with ominous blood red lighting in which he yells and, and, you know, practically foams at the mouth saying that, you know, those people who disagree with him politically are a threat to our democracy, you know. He needs to act like a fascist, weaponize the FBI, the DOJ to go after his political opponents, you know, despite, you know, and meanwhile suppress investigations into his own corruption, right? You need to act like a Nazi in order to defeat this existential crisis of Nazism, you know, unless, of course, the Nazis in Ukraine. Now, if the Nazis are in Ukraine, like the Azov Battalion is, then we need to give them lots of money, billions of dollars. No amount of money is too much to give to those Nazis over there. Right? Weapons, all that stuff. We need to empty our own stockpiles of armaments to give to the Nazis in Ukraine. Right? So Nazis in America bad, even though there are really very few Nazis in America. Nazis in Ukraine who actually have real institutional power and who are, you know, fairly uh, large in number and well-armed. Uh, yeah, we need, those are good Nazis and we need to give them more money. That's uh, our clown world foreign policy. But anyway, back to the United States. Right? Um, yeah. You know, the only Nazis any of us are likely to see on television anytime soon are the absurd caricatures of Nazis in movies like The Producers or like in Monty Python sketches or whatever. Because Nazis just don't really exist. You know, so if you want to see a, a Nazi, your best chance is not to go to a Trump rally, but to like, you know, watch Monty Python and see, you know, the Hilter uh, sketch, you know, or whatever. Right? The whole idea that America is actually infested with Nazis today is even more absurd than the whole, you know, Monty Python sketch, if you're familiar with it, uh, in which Hilter was running as a socialist candidate, you know, anyway. Uh, we live in a country where a transgender terrorist recently attacked a Christian school and murdered six people, and the pedo-sniffing, pants-pooping president immediately made a statement in support of the transgender community. Right, the transgender community commits violence against Christians, and President Brandon can't wait to make a statement in support of the transgender community. But not the Christians. Doesn't say anything about them. Doesn't, you know, call the families of the victims. He invited, you know, crazy protesters for tangentially related loony leftist causes to the White House in the meantime. But not uh, Christians, you know. Not anybody who was attacked by these transgender terrorists. 
Uh, and we're supposed to feel like we're in imminent danger of a Christian white nationalist takeover of all of America's institutions, even though it's pretty clear. Are there crosses on the White House and all these government buildings and uh, embassy, American embassies abroad or rainbow pride flags? Huh? Who's, what's the real dominant religion here? Who's got the institutional power? So anyway, if Brandon and his cartel are really worried about fascists taking over, they sure aren't acting like it. In reality, the Marxists' incessant cries about Nazis threatening our democracy from every direction amount to the same thing as Squealer in an animal farm his uh, warning to the other animals whenever they would say, hey, the pigs are uh, acting a lot like dictators. You know, they're, you know, corrupt. They're taking all the apples. They're not treating us fairly. And what would Squealer always say? Surely, comrades, you do not want Jones back. And that's basically what they're doing. They say, Nazis are a threat to our democracy. It's basically the left's way of saying, surely, comrades, you do not want Jones back. The Marxists are going to create the very thing they fear. The only way we will get a legitimate threat of fascism in this country would be if it arose as a reaction against an ascendant communist movement. Communist movements gaining power do tend to provoke responses from reactionary opponents, who in turn gain increased support because they are seen as a bulwark against the rising tide of communism. A vicious cycle then ensues. Today's leftists are screaming hysterically about Nazis, uh, many leftists actually call themselves Marxists, but even those that don't uh, have, as James Lindsay has pointed out, nevertheless adopted a worldview derived almost entirely from Marxism. So Marxism is on the ascendancy. Cultural Marxism, whatever. You know, it's a form of communism. It's just one of the, the you know, traces its lineage back through what, I guess, America got Yuri Bezmenov, as the defector Yuri Bezmenov would say, that the Soviet Union would implant double agents here to, like, you know, get embedded in educational and journalist uh, institutions, you know, people with uh, communist ideology to promote that. And they've basically done it. Long march through the institutions, right? So these Marxists are demanding extreme solutions to the supposed not Nazi menace. Again, only in the United States. Because, you know, now if it's overseas, if it's in Ukraine, then they have no problem with the Nazis. Then they are... You know, just all about giving them as much money and weaponry as they possibly can. Basically kill as many Slavs as they can because Russians are the bad guy again. So, you know, you go, hey, you're a Ukrainian Nazi? I won't even make out the check. I'll just give you the whole checkbook and let you make them all out for as much as you want. Just forge my signature. I don't care. You know, politics makes strange bedfellows. So, American Nazis, bad. Ukrainian Nazis, all right. So anyway, the Marxists is here to deal with the Nazi menace. Again, not in Ukraine, because those are good Nazis. The Nazis here in America. They uh, coordinate, the government coordinates censorship campaigns with large media and social media companies, big tech, you know, uh, and so forth. They needlessly, uh, you know, create these expensive mandates to remake vast swaths of the culture and the economy. And the, you know, like the Green New Deal, all this bullshit there, you know, this non-existent climate change you know which of course it's a feature not a bug the hypocrisy because it's like a way of saying hey we're above it these rules are for you little people we your betters your aristocrats or oligarchs or whatever we get to do whatever we want so they have private jets they fly to energy conservation conferences on their private jets where it's all air conditioned and and everything uh, also that they can talk about the sacrifices that you and me, the little guys, need to make so that we can avert climate change. You know, they'll buy beachfront mansions 
like the Obamas. You know, beachfront property. No concern about rising sea levels. But just to protect their beachfront mansions, you little people, you need to cut out all your carbon usage and yada yada. So anyway, there's all these expensive mandates to remake vast swaths of the culture and the economy. There's deployment of federal law enforcement and intelligence services against domestic political opponents, which we've seen a lot of. You know, the FBI, not so concerned about BLM or Antifa, but very concerned about pro-life demonstrators and parents who go to school board meetings and complain too loudly. Oh, those are terrorists, but, you know, BLM and Antifa, burning, looting, murdering, destroying, you know, to get their political ideology enacted. Oh, they're not terrorists. We're not going to pay attention to them. Yeah, so the Marxists are, you know, demanding these extreme solutions. What, how do they justify it? The Nazis! The Nazis are everywhere. They're, we've got to protect against Nazis. Uh, so if they're successful in getting what they want, and so far they've been very successful, their communist movement will certainly appear ascendant. And as the population sees a communist threat looming, they are much more likely to find a real Nazis or fascist message much more palatable. Or at least to find it less revolting. Maybe it will be just tolerable enough for them to pinch their nose and swallow the bait. Why? Because again, if the you know, if 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 you have a real communist threat, the communists are taking over and destroying everything, and you have a fascist who's like, hey, we can, you know, preserve some semblance of prosperity and all that, your economic future, right? Your sovereignty as a nation, you won't be inundated with third world mass immigration, you know, to uh, so that you now become an alien in your own country, right? If, if that's a choice that people have, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good choice, but it's just like, this is kind of a reality. It's like the, you know, the whole equal and opposite reaction thing, you know, for every action, an equal and opposite reaction. True in physics is also true in politics and culture. And so, you know, if you're um, looking into an investment opportunity, that you have some time on, it's like a long, you know, your retirement plan, and you're young still, and you have a lot of years to, to wait, you're not so anxious about, you know, how is it going to turn out, you may, you know, put some time and effort into investigating the character of the person who's trying to sell you the investment opportunity, right, but if your house is on fire, you don't care what kind of person the fireman is that's trying to put it out, right, your house is on fire, it's an emergency, you're just like, put out the fire by any means necessary, right, well, these Marxists are trying to set our you know, nation, our, our culture, our civilization on fire. They're trying to burn it all down. And when things get desperate enough, then people care less about, hey, if, if you have a realistic, credible, you know, promise, or at least per people perceive you to be credible when you say you're going to put things right, you're going to put out the fire, they may be more willing to accept what you have to offer, right? And so that's what I'm saying. If, you know, the person who, who makes this promise, who, who as a, a Caesar figure, you know, who says, I'm going to put out this fire that, you know, Antifa and BLM and the communists, they're trying to burn the whole civilization down. I'm going to put a stop to it. People can become more receptive to that as the communist threat becomes more credible, right? So anyway, uh, that's the danger that we're running. So, you know, if you see Marxists or conformists trying to take over the federal government and seriously enforce a Maoist cultural revolution you could easily let your guard down pretty significantly when it comes to things that would otherwise be warning signs that someone is a Nazi or, you know, a psychopath, you know, a fascist, whatever, right? If the communists put you in enough fear, you may even look the other way when the guy who seems best able to fight the communists is a Nazi. Most people do in that situation. Historically, that has happened. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. 
And it wasn't just, you know, oh, this good liberal Weimar Republic and everybody, you know, it was, there were communists that were actively trying to undermine and destroy that civilization. And that, they really created the ground for Hitler and the Nazis to rise to power, right? People don't, that, that, that part of German World War II history is kind of left out or minimized a lot of times. Uh, you know, if that sounds crazy, let's not forget that communism was one of the leading causes of death during the last century. Marxists killed many times the number of people that Hitler and Mussolini did. Many times. It's not even close. For American Marxists that naively throw around Hitler as the boogeyman to represent evil in its rawest and most deadly form, or today as Putin, uh, Hitler was deadly and evil. But if the alternative is Mao, a lot of people will choose Hitler. That's just a fact, right? Hitler killed six and a half million people, or uh, I believe it's around that, which is horrible. I'm not trying to minimize that at all. But Mao killed, what, 45 million people? You know? So, again, it's like Hitler's evil. And it, but if you're if there's a serious credible threat, a clear and present danger from communists, the very people that are trying to say, oh, the Nazis everywhere, you know, don't pay attention to what we're doing, don't uh, fight against us because there's these Nazis, we got to have absolute power, we got to just you know uh, enforce these dramatic cultural changes that are gonna you know ruin people's livelihoods and push people to the you know economic brink, but we're doing it because there's Nazis, you know, eventually. If the communist threat is real enough, you know, breathing down people's necks, then people may make that devil's bargain. And it is a devil's bargain, but they may make it. Uh, you know, if demons are real, one can imagine, of course, such creatures playing both sides of this. You know, and that's the other thing. It's like, it's it's a losing game. The only way to win is not to play. But if you're locked into a struggle where one person is trying to steal, kill, and destroy from you, well, you kind of have to fight back one way or the other. And, uh, you know, so it's a dangerous game the communists are trying to make us play. And so hopefully more, more and more people wake up to this. I think that that's happening. There was, and you hear my cat, my cat's, uh, one of my cats chiming in to agree that communism is evil, right, Banner? So uh, anyway, Banner the cat agrees that communists are evil. Uh, and it, my whole point here is just that it could turn out to be another historical example of a self-fulfilling prophecy. These crazy communists, by trying, by crying constantly about Nazis falling from the sky and by screaming for something drastic to be done immediately about it, may themselves create the conditions for a real resurgence in fascism, i.e. Nazis who are not over in Ukraine. You know, again, hey, if they're in Ukraine, they're all right. Let's give them billions of dollars and lots of uh, weapons and all that, right? But if they're here, you know, and by Nazi now, I mean, it just means, oh, you're pro-life. You don't think babies, you know, at nine months, you know, uh, should be aborted. You know, at nine week, at nine months and one week, you know, right before the due date, you don't think that the, the mother should just be able to, you know, abort the baby then and kill it. Even though it's clearly viable and can survive on its own outside the womb. You, you're against that, you're a Nazi, you know, or whatever. Oh, you don't think children should be uh, groomed by their teachers and then, you know, their teachers should be able to conceal from the parents the fact that their kid is being groomed into this gender ideology and then until, you know, there's a sanctuary state out there in California and the teacher can arrange for this, the kid to run away to California, you know, this and, uh, you know, have their uh, bodies mutilated, you know, through uh, surgery to castrate them and chemicals to just, you know, undermine the body's natural processes of going through puberty. You think that's a problem? Well, you're obviously a Nazi, you know? So again, it's like, uh, 
they, they use this as the boogeyman. They may, by uh, chanting that name Nazi often enough, actually create or summon the demon who will bring about the real thing. So hopefully there are enough sober-minded Americans, uh, adults, hopefully there are enough sober-minded adults left in America to gain control of the situation before a career is completely out of control. We don't have a Nazi problem, at least not yet, but we do have a Marxist problem and the Marxists are hell-bent on creating a Nazi problem. So anyway, uh, and actually I, I did on a reading of a post that I wrote later than this, uh, but released the audio earlier that conformism, conformism isn't cool. The Marxists have lost the rising generation, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, a few years or decades before the, the current, you know, the, the kids who are, you know, teenagers today or are uh, or in positions of power and influence, you know. Uh, we could really liken our position today to like where we were or, or where the left was in the 50s, where they were on the out, but they had already kind of, you know, weaseled their way into the, the educational institutions and, uh, you know, the nonprofits and the NGOs and the, the foundations and all that uh, to create a situation where, they would be able to enact a communist color revolution decades hence, which they basically did. Um, but now we're, you know, kind of on the other side of that. And we got the rising generation is moving toward the dissident right. Because that's where the interesting, thoughtful, heterodox people are. You know, the artists, intellectuals, the, um, the entrepreneurs, the, you know, and so forth. The people that will be cultural influencers in an interesting way. They're on the right. Uh, but it's going to be a little while before they are in positions of power and influence to change the direction of the culture. So in the meantime, we're kind of in dangerous territory. Hopefully, again, enough uh, adults. There are enough adults in the room. You know, all the stuff that they said about Trump is pure projection. Is uh, you know, so hopefully there are enough adults in the room to take control back of the car before they drive this whole thing off a cliff. So anyway, uh, I'm Daniel D. This is a reading of uh, the post from A Ghost in the Machine uh, that was posted on April 25th, 2023. Marxist mania is sweeping America. Are Nazis really hiding behind every corner? Or are crazy communists just suffering from mass psychogenic illness? If you enjoy what you heard, you know, and, and you're listening to this on a podcast app or a streaming platform, uh, check out my uh, substack, aghostofthemachine.substack.com. And... Uh, you know, you can read my stuff there, subscribe there so you get everything emailed to you so you don't miss out on any future awesomeness from yours truly. Uh, and of course, if you disagree with me or want to, you know, join in the conversation over on Substack, you can comment. The comment threads tend to be interesting. Uh, so anyway, hope to hear you, what you have to say there. And uh, till next time, hasta luego, y'all. Oh, and by the way, this is probably, I'm recording this uh, Sunday, July 2nd. I'm probably going to re release it in a week. It's uh, Sunday, July 11th. So, peace out, everybody.